today, Dr. A and I sit down and go through some free agency reactions, somewhat fantasy relevant. And then if we have time, we'll jump back into my draft only league that we started last week. Let's go balls deep. Welcome to another episode of the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. FBIBasketball.com is our website. Draft only league still rolling along. Uh, B Dub just launched another three about 10 minutes ago, actually, uh, one of which I jumped into because why not? Um, as, as I said, uh, Dr. A with me again, um, feeling a little tired. It's it's uh, happy July 4th to, to everyone listening. This will be released July 5th, but um, I'm assuming everyone had a, a pretty good weekend and a pretty good couple of days following the weekend. Um, I was lucky enough to be over in Vegas a few years ago on July 4th, and it's certainly um, an eye-opening celebration it's we don't do anything like that here really um even for our national day uh steve thanks for coming on it it is late uh there so appreciate you finding the time to jump on again today yeah adam adam you you sent me a note and you're like hey does tuesday at 9 p.m work for you and i was like eh that's right in the middle of fireworks on the fourth of july and it's a big deal in the little town i live in and my daughter sort of involved in all of it putting them together. So I was like, dude, I don't think that's going to work. But then uh, Father Time caught up with some of us. Everybody's tired. Everybody's seen fireworks 50 times or whatever. And we're like, eh, let's record a, let's record a hoops podcast on July 4th at nine o'clock. I'm good with it. Yeah, why not? Middle of the day for me, so I, I'm fine. I don't really have to adjust anything, but uh, yeah, no, it is appreciated coming on. Like I said, we're going to go through, uh, we we were on a week ago and free agency hadn't started. It was a couple of days away. Uh, the first two, I'd say two days of free agency was pretty hectic. Not much has happened in the last couple of days. So I just thought we'd go over uh, a few of the moves that were made and a few of the signings that were made uh, and give our takes. Obviously, there is still some movement probably to happen. So this, these players, their roles aren't set in stone yet, but uh, we'll give our reactions to what has happened. <clears throat> some of them will warrant some discussion. Some of them will warrant very little discussion. So let's see how we go. First one, Draymond Green going back to the Warriors. Um I think once we saw Jordan Poole moved out, we sort of assumed that Green would be returning. Uh, similar role. Any sort of change that you can see in terms of his fantasy value uh, for the next season? Not really. And, I mean, he's got to be getting to the point where he's going to be very difficult to draft in fantasy leagues. If he wasn't already there um, before that, he's 33 years old. Um, doesn't score hardly at all. Good rebounds, good assists, hit occasional three, but I'm not 
I'm just not a Draymond guy, especially at this stage of his career. Yeah, I, I've never had him on my team uh, on a fantasy team. I'm not. I'm not really a fan of of him um, as a player. I mean, that's not always the deciding factor in fantasy. But yeah, I think he'll be similar uh, to last season. You could probably make a case that he's a top 100 kind of guy just because he gets defensive stats, some assists. But with Chris Paul there, I think his assist numbers could drop slightly. Um, for me, this is more about the fact that Jonathan Kaminga is probably not going to get as much run as, as we hoped he might get if, if Draymond was shipped out. So, uh, But in terms of Draymond himself, yeah, look, top 100, top 120 if you want, but uh, he doesn't really excite me all too much. Um, this one was a little bit surprising. I thought Kuzma would move. Uh, I thought with the Wizards rebuilding, um, he'd look to go somewhere else, but obviously he just wants to score and, and be the centre of attention. Staying in Washington, um, he's going to get a, a pretty good bump. What are you sort of thinking for him next season? Yeah, he's been a – he was a pl pleasant surprise two years ago. He kind of did what we thought he would do last year, and he's probably going to have another good season uh, this season for Washington. Um that, that team is not going to win very many games, but they've got five starters um, that can all score and can all play. Uh, there's a lot of fantasy um, stuff going on in Washington, and Kuzma is one of those guys. Uh, you know, mid-round, mid-round pick. Um, he'll hit some threes. He'll get some rebounds. He'll score some points. Um, he'll have some big games. He'll have some off nights. But um, – I, I kind of like Kyle Kuzma. I've, I've always kind of trended towards um, if the time is right in the middle of my draft, I, I don't mind taking him. Yeah, I think I'm similar. I think he, he was 143rd last season, but you really have to sort of, I mean, you take, as you do with a lot of rankings, take it with a grain of salt because you, if you're drafting him, you know he's not giving you defensive stats. Um Points, rebounds, threes, um, solid from the free throw line. Um, generally, he's, he's not great, but but can help um, if he can if he can turn things around a bit. Uh, so yeah, look, I think top eighty, top one hundred, um, he's going to score. Should be interested to see what happens to his scoring with Jordan mm. Poole uh, leading the way with volume shooting and also Tyus Jones. I think we're going to see a different Tyus Jones this year. Um, I think Kispert, Corey Kispert's in a position to take more shots, have the ball in his hands a little bit more. And Landry Shamet is there now. Like that could, that could have some impact on how many touches Kuzma gets. Denny Avdija, if he ever wakes up and, and turns into a really good player, that, that could hurt. But um, I, I just think Kuzma is like a, kind of a safe later pick. Yeah, I think so. I think if you had to pick, I know my answer, if you had to pick between him and Jordan Poole as to who will lead the lead, lead the team in scoring, who would you go with? I'm going with Jordan Poole. The answer is yeah. always Jordan Poole. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. I think Kuzma was 21, where are we? 21.2 points per game last year. So I could see that going up to maybe 22, 23. Um, but I don't think he'll get up to 27, 28, where I think Poole could get to. 
next one is Bruce Brown. Um, the Nuggets obviously would have liked to have kept him, but couldn't afford him, basically. Uh, so he's gone to Indiana. Um, nice payday for him after a strong performance last season in the postseason. Uh, I'm assuming he'll come in and start. What What are you sort of um, What are your thoughts on on the move and and what that does for his fantasy value? I think he will start. I don't think the Pacers paid him forty five million dollars mm. uh, to come in and and play, uh, be a role player off the bench. Um, and Bruce Brown's kind of nice. I mean, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He does a lot of things well. Um, did a great job filling in in Denver last year when guys were hurt the year before that too. Um, I, I think it's a really good signing for the Pacers. I think he's a a good guy to pair up with Tyrese Halliburton and Miles Turner if he's still there. Um, I think it's probably more of a real NBA move than it is a fantasy fantasy hoops move, though. Um, I could be yeah. wrong. I mean, maybe the Pacers turn the keys over to him and and have him play second fiddle with Tyrese, but uh, he's just not a big offensive guy. He's more of a defensive specialist. I think he prides himself on his defense. Uh, again, a guy I think you want to look at late. He's going to hit threes. He's going to get steals. He's going to rebound a little, assist a little. He's going to have some scoring nights. Um, I I think it's a good signing for the Pacers. I'm, I'm not necessarily jumping up and down for his fantasy value. Yeah, much the same. I think he was he was top 120 last season in almost 29 minutes a game. So I think his minutes probably bump up over 30. Um, maybe he's a top 100 kind of guy, but but yeah, I think just a solid, really solid target towards the end of a draft. Um, better for Roto, just because he, as you said, he'll get you some defense, he'll get you some assists, he rebounds well, um, can hit some threes. So really good Roto guy uh, around that pick 100, I think. Um, Jeremy Grant going back to the Blazers on a stupidly big contract. Um, and this was sort of when this happened, this was before the Damian Lillard trade request and whether this was the Blazers trying to keep Dame happy. Um, and then and then he turned around and said, well, I don't want to be here anyway. So they haven't openly come out and said they regret this contract, but it wouldn't surprise me if they do. What are your thoughts on, on this uh, $160 million extension? I mean, you said Bruce Brown signed a massive deal with the Pacers. That was $45 million. This is $160 million. Like, I, that, that, I, I've, I have a feeling that's going to hamstring the Blazers for a, for a hot minute. And the fact that Lillard basically came out the next day or the two days later and said, <laughs> I don't want to be here anyway. Um, I, it kind of blew up in their face. And I don't think they're going to come out and say, oh, we totally screwed up and re regret that decision. But there's no way they feel good about it right now. I think they were trying to show Damon Lillard that they care and want to keep him there. And it mm. didn't matter at all. Now, Scoot Henderson is in Portland, which is automatic. Um, I think fans in the seats and eyes, eyes on the TV um, they've still got talented guys. Um, Nurkic is still there. Jeremy Grant, he's going to be a, one of the team leaders on that team now, obviously. 
Um, and Anthony Simons is still there. They got Shadon Sharp, who's one of the most fun players to watch in the league. I was a little surprised. I, I know I'm going to space on the guy's name, but who's the um, Trendon Watford? They cut yep. him? Yeah. I was a little surprised by that move. I was too. I, I think just given their direction now, which is rebuilding, I, I thought I thought he'd flashed some really nice upside the last couple of years when when given minutes. So someone's going to jump on him um, undoubtedly and, and grab him. Um, Kyrie Irving back to the Mavericks. I think this basically no one else wanted him, so he went back to Dallas. Um, he was. I mean, we know in terms of fantasy, we know what he can do. Do you think this? puts or cuts into Luca's value at all. Um, Luca, I mean, we talked about Luca last week and you talk about him at length constantly. <laughs> and for me, he's a top top three, top four fantasy guy. That doesn't change for me. For you, does it does it impact him? No, I don't think it does. Um I, I if the Mavericks don't add another big piece to this puzzle, then we're going to have the same disaster in Dallas that we had last year. Um, and, and nothing will make sense. I mean, right now the ESPN depth chart has Rashawn Holmes as the starting center and has Dwight Powell as the backup as Christian Wood is third, which is not right. Christian Wood's going to be in that mix uh, at power forward and, and center um, more than those other guys are. I still like Christian Wood. I still like Luca. I like Kyrie uh, when he plays as a fantasy option, but just the Mavericks are kind of a mess right now. And it, unless they add a premier big man, like a Pascal Siakam or something crazy like that to this mix, it's just going to be more of the same in Dallas. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, they need they need a center. They need a good center. They've got multiple centers, just none of them are, are difference makers, really. So, um, as you said, Rashawn Holmes is listed as the starter. I don't know if he starts. Maxi Kleber's there. Lively, who they drafted, is there as well. So, I don't know. Remains to be seen, but I'm not, I'm not confident. It's, it's just like the, the Warriors having Chris Paul and Steph Curry. Mm. Dallas has Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. Like, what is the purpose what is the goal how do they how do those pieces fit together and it, it none of it none of it makes a lot of sense so um i get cuban wanting to have names in dallas but eh, i don't know let's let's move on to chris middleton <laughs> middleton to the bucks um i think we saw or well, somewhat expected this uh, middleton's going to be an interesting one in drafts next season um just coming off what was a it was a terrible season, uh, multiple injuries, wasn't producing, has had another knee surgery in the off season. So, for me, I mean, I, I think he is a, a nice bounce back candidate, but these knee things are sort of a a recurring issue. So I'm not convinced that. Well, I don't think he ever gets back to where he was three years ago, um, but. He is going to slide a little bit in in uh, drafts. I'm just having a look at where he finished, uh, 148 for last season per game. So certainly he he should beat that. Uh, is he someone you're interested in in drafts as a as a bounce back? Well, he was a guy that we used to go in what the fourth round, right mm. around the fourth round, I'd say in, in drafts. Maybe at his peak, he was a third round guy. 
so third to fifth round for most of his career. Like you said last year, he was like a 14th, 15th rounder when he played, which wasn't all that often. Uh, I think it's going to be a long road back for him. He's also got to share the ball with Drew Holiday, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, who just uh, is coming back and, and looked incredible last year. Um, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, those guys are all going to need the ball. Jay Crowder's there. I can see him playing a bigger role this year. So I'm, I'm a little worried about Chris Middleton. I, I, again, like most of these other guys we're talking about, gets late in the draft and Middleton's sitting there in round 11. Uh, I'm probably probably going to think about adding him to my team, but I'm not, I'm not targeting, targeting him early. And he's also going to be 32 when the season starts. So he's, he's getting on a bit. Um, yeah. Look, I think if he was sitting there around pick 100, I might consider him. Um, but I, I don't know the last season is going to be very fresh and, I think people are going to be scared off a little bit. Uh, the other end of the scale, Cam Johnson coming off a really good season, both in Phoenix and in Brooklyn. Um, he will remain in Brooklyn. And I thought, well, I, I always thought that was going to happen. Uh, he's someone I, I, I really like, Cam Johnson, as a player. Uh, he was top 50-ish, I think, last season, 54th last season. Um only 27, so coming into his prime. Is he someone that you would target? I do like Cam Johnson, and I like the step he took from the previous year to last season. Like, that was kind of a nice leap. Uh, I think he fits in well with Mikhail Bridges. I think he fits in well with uh, what the Nets run. Spencer Dinwiddie uh, seems to play really well in Brooklyn for whatever reason. And uh, I think Cam Johnson's going to take another step forward uh, this season. I think I think he's sort of like the new Chris Middleton, maybe. Like you target him in round four or five uh, instead of Middleton. Yeah, look, looking at his numbers last season, as I said, he was 54th, only averaging 15.5 points per game. I mean, I'd be reasonably confident that he could get that up to 18 or 19 a game without too much trouble um he's fairly efficient decent rebounder probably he'll he'll probably average around about a steal a game maybe 1.2 so yeah look I, I think top 50 is certainly on the cards for uh for cam johnson well and i like what he did like i like what he's done through his career too because he was nine points his first year 9.6 his second 12.5 13.9 and then 13.9 in Phoenix. And then when he went to Brooklyn, he averaged 16.6 points yep. per game for them with career highs in rebounds and and uh, assists and also steals. He was at 1.4 steals with mm. Brooklyn last year. And those are pretty big numbers. He also hits more than two threes per game. He could flirt with three per game this year. And I I could see him averaging close to 20 points. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this one, I mean, not not much fantasy in this one, but Herb Jones uh, sticking with the Pelicans. Last year, he was he was sort of hyped coming into the season after a really strong rookie campaign, and was was probably disappointing last season. Um, he did have some injuries, but he just didn't take that next step. It's it's. I mean, I haven't got the numbers in front of me, but 
I would say he maybe even got worse last season when compared to his rookie season. To me, he's more of a specialist. Um, is he someone you would draft or, or more sort of like a, a guy you'd grab off waivers if you need some blocks and steals? Yeah, I think I think Herb Jones is a guy that will get drafted in most leagues uh, at the end of drafts. Um, he went from 9.5 to 9.8 points over the, his two-year span. Okay. Not really much of a change. His rebounds barely went up. His assists went up a little. His steals went down. He's still not at a three-pointer per game. So the numbers just aren't there to justify bringing him on your team with a draft pick unless you're in a deeper league. Now, in a 30-team league, he, he's going to be a prized possession you know, in the fourth or fifth round. But in a, in a regular 12-team league, I don't think you're going to – I don't think you're really going to want to mess with a guy that scores under 10 points a game and doesn't really knock anything else out of the park. And I think the, the improvement of Trey Murphy last year as well probably hurts him. Um, I think they – obviously they went with Herb as the defensive guy, but Trey Murphy's quite a good uh, wing defender as well. So uh, – this was probably the, well, arguably the biggest move. Um, if we don't count Porzingis, Fred Van Fleet going to Houston. I mean, they get, I get why they got him, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm a bit confused just given where they, where they are. I know he gives them that veteran kind of leadership, but he doesn't really improve them to the point where they're going to be contending, I, I don't think. Um, what are your thoughts on the Van Fleet move? As confused as I am by the Warriors and Dallas, I'm way more confused by what Houston is doing because what happens to Kevin Porter Jr.? What happens to DJ Augustine? We add crazy man Dylan Brooks to that mix, right? Yep. yep. And then Jabari Smith and Alperin Shingun, like two of the more exciting young players in the league, all held together by the savvy veteran winner, Fred Van Vliet. Like, it's just a weird, it's a weird combination of things. And I'd almost rather see Houston, I would have almost rather seen them just try to keep all young guys and just play out of control and continue to learn what they're doing sort of like OKC is done mm. and, and then try to build uh, on top of that. Maybe that's the first step is getting Fred Van Vliet in there and moving on from Kevin Porter Jr. But um, what a weird team. And, you know, that, that is a team that tanked really hard for Victor Wembenyama. And now Houston went from, oh man, we might get Wemby to now we have, four point guards and I didn't even mention Jalen Green, another one of the most exciting young players and all these young players and an, and an old guy. So um, Van Vliet's probably going to get his, he's probably still going to be Fred Van Vliet, but I think the the rising star he was on two years ago in Toronto, it's kind of fizzled out. Like I don't know that, that Fred Van Vliet's a guy I need to have on my team. No, I think – so he was 18th last season. I think his value sort of holds around that back end of the second round, around 24, 25. Um, 
So I don't think he gets hurt at all. But as you said, Ke- I mean, Kevin Porter, who knows if he's going to stay there now. Um, there were a lot of rumblings that they were targeting Brooke Lopez. They didn't get him. So whether they were trying to lean into that, let's contend now, and and now they didn't get Lopez, they're sort of stuck in purgatory a little bit. They're, they're in between rebuilding and, and pushing for a playoff spot. So, yeah, look, I, I don't know what they're doing. Um, they could still make a move. I, from a... I mean, personally, I hope they don't get a centre because I I really like Shingun and I have him in a in a few leagues and I want to keep him and I want him to be playing 32 minutes. Uh, but, yeah, time will tell, see what happens there. With Van Fleet gone, the Raptors quickly snapped up Dennis Schroeder uh, coming off a – I mean, he was impressive enough in the playoffs defensively. Um, we know who he is at this point of his career. I, I'm assuming he's going to start uh, unless they opt to go with Scotty Barnes as their point guard and, and bring Schroeder off the bench um, and move Gary Trent into the starting lineup. I'm not sure. Is Schroeder someone that's draftable now? Maybe. Um, Schroeder's like the guy that keeps like it's I feel like he's died a thousand fantasy deaths and he just yeah. keeps reemerging from the grave and coming back and ending up on rosters and ending up helping people and like you said plays well in the playoffs and keeps doing these things that that keeps him relevant and and keeps him around he did it with the Lakers too uh he just won't go away. And it's not like Malachi Flynn is going to come out and, and take his job. And Scotty mm. Barnes, to me, is more of a forward than a point guard. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I I mean, I think Dennis Schroeder is a guy that if you get deep in your draft and you're like, oh, man, I've only got two point guards and I, I need a third one kind of bad right now, I'm, I think I'm taking Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, look, I think so. I think especially if we get word that he's starting and he's going to play 32, 33 minutes, um, then, yeah, I mean, look, he'll get you some assists. He'll get you some steals, a um, couple of threes. Scoring will be a little bit inconsistent, but I think as a as a third point guard on a roster, uh, on a fantasy roster, um, he's well worth a bit of a gamble. This one... I just put it in there. I don't. There's nothing really fantasy wise, but um, Monty Morris going to the Pistons. Uh, I mean, Morris started last year for a lot of the season um, and wasn't really fantasy relevant. So I don't. I don't see any change here. Any reason to think that he'll break out and become this fantasy darling? Uh, not with Kate Cunningham there, but. And, yep. and if he couldn't, if, if Monty Morris couldn't break out and become a fantasy darling when Jamal Murray was hurt for the last two years, yeah. uh, I don't see how it happens in Detroit either. So um, not really too, too excited about him. Um, interested to see what they do with all those bigs. Isaiah Livers, Marvin Bagley, Jalen Durr, and James Wiseman. They added Joe Harris to the mix, which is going to mess with Jaden Ivey a little bit. They've got Monty and, and Killian Hayes and Cade Cunningham. But I feel like this is the season if Cade can actually stay healthy, they just sort of turn everything over to Cade and tell him to become an all-star. Yeah, I don't think it's – yeah, I mean, they're obviously not – I don't think they're a playoff team or anything, but they really just need to reverse that the trend, I suppose, that's been happening in Detroit for the last few years. So they just need to get some positives. Um 
Max Struess going to Cleveland. Uh, this was a, a trade involving a few teams and a few players, but Struess was sort of the one, the name, <coughs> recognisable name there. Um, I don't know. I mean, he gives he gives the Cavs some uh, perimeter a perimeter threat, but I, I'm not really interested in drafting him. Uh, is he someone that that you'd look at? I don't think so. Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell are holding down the backcourt there. Jared Allen and Evan Mobley are holding down the front court. Struess is going to be out there bombing threes. He's sort of like Tyler Hero light, I guess. Um, I do prefer Struess in the lineup over Ike Okoro. Um, mm. I trust Struess more than I trust Karis LeVert at this point. Um, yep. So there's, it's an interesting move for Cleveland. And Cleveland has a pretty good looking roster to me um, in the East. And they could really surprise people. Max Struess, unless you're – I think I'm, if I'm in a Roto League and it's late and I need three-pointers, I'm going to I'm gonna be all about Struess. But if I'm in a regular head-to-head league and I'm just looking for a well-rounded player, I don't think he's – I don't think he's my guy. Jackson Hayes, uh, again, not, not massive fantasy implications here, but I do think it's a, he's a solid pickup for the Lakers and – most of the time, I don't know. I don't know if you can say most of the time with Anthony Davis, but if and when Anthony Davis is injured throughout the season, if Jackson Hayes starts and plays 30 minutes, I, th- I think he could be someone to stream in for however long Davis is out. And we and we know Davis will probably get injured at some point. So I don't think we're drafting Jackson Hayes, but is he someone you think could have sporadic value throughout the season? He's somebody you want to just keep on your radar. And maybe FanDuel, maybe a DF, DFS lineup if you know Anthony Davis is out. Uh, but then again, they also have Jared Vanderbilt who can slide in there. They've got Torian Prince. They've got Winion Gabriel. They, they've got guys that can do it. But um, Jackson Hayes has had some pretty good games when he's been given an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Problem is he's just not been given that many opportunities throughout his career. So – and I, I doubt that on a team with LeBron and Anthony Davis, they're going to suddenly be like, hey, let's let's go see what Jackson Jackson can do. So not holding my breath on him, but he's a guy I'm going to keep I'm going to keep my eye on. Uh, the Nets are pretty similar here. I think Dennis Smith Jr. Are coming off, uh, I'd say, probably his best season. Um, he did have some ankle issues throughout throughout. But um, when he was on the floor, LaMelo Ball was obviously injured for the majority of the season, which gave Smith more opportunity. But I thought I thought he sort of turned his career around a bit last year. Um, he wasn't even a permanent member of the roster, I don't think, to start the season. And he sort of just played his way into a, a good role and uh, and could play behind Dinwiddie as the primary backup uh, in Brooklyn. And in 20 minutes, if he can get 20 minutes... Um, Sneaky value in in assists and steals. Um, again, not. I don't think we're drafting him. He's not on that radar. But if Dinwiddie goes down at any point and Smith starts, I think he'd be someone to to sort of stream in as well. But Adam, Adam, you forgot Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't forget him. I just didn't talk about him. Like, it's um, funny. I, we went through that whole roster earlier in this discussion and didn't even mention Cam Thomas or Ben Simmons. And uh, like that's how far we've we've fallen uh, on Ben Simmons. Like 
what a what a sad story and you know they can come out in in preseason and summer league and training camp and say that ben simmons is shooting threes and ben simmons is added 12 pounds of muscle and Ben Simmons is motivated and looks better than ever. And I'm, I'm still not, still not taking that bait. So Dennis Smith Jr. Edmund Sumner. I think both of those guys are adequate backups for Dinwiddie. Um, yeah. And Dennis Smith Jr. Is another guy that's sort of like Schroeder. They, they keep trying to kill him off in fantasy and yeah. he just keeps popping back yeah. up out of nowhere and being relevant, and it's he's one Spencer Dinwiddie injury away from being a guy you're running out and picking up. He is, yeah. It's and and yeah, God Ben Simmons. Who knows? Um, I don't know. I might take him with a very last pick in a draft this season, just in case. But uh, I could see me dropping him pretty quickly. Um, D'Angelo Russell resigning with the Lakers, which sort of put a put a um, an end to the Gabe Vincent hype, uh, which was there for maybe a day or two days. Um, D'Angelo Russell wasn't great in the playoffs. Uh, he wasn't. I mean, he was he was solid enough during his time with the Lakers. Just having a look where he was. He was a top 80 kind of player last season. Um, as long as LeBron's there, Anthony Davis is there. Gabe Vincent's a really solid backup. Austin Reeves. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot more. D'Angelo Russell, I'd probably have him as, I don't know, maybe the eighth, ninth round. What about you? I think that sounds about right. I mean, he was at 17 points and six assists for the Lakers last year. That's that's not terrible. He's always been a steal a game guy, but for the Lakers last year, he was only at 0.6. So I expect that that looks fluky to me. I think it'll be higher um than that this year but i mean i just don't remember the last time i do it was like 2019 that d'angelo russell was turning heads and and kind of exciting people uh in the fantasy world but it's just he's just so boring and and non (laughs) he just doesn't do what i want him to do uh no so i'm not I, I'm guessing I will not be drafting D'Angelo a lot this year. Yeah, I, I think he'll go off the board ahead of where I want to take him just because of his name. Um, now, again, this one, not not a lot of fantasy stuff here, but Obi Toppin, I thought, flashed uh, a little bit last season for the Knicks when, when Randall was out with his ankle injury. And, and I, I don't mind his fantasy game. I'm not sure how the Pacers are going to use him, but he'd just be he'd be someone... Up, I'm keeping an eye on him just to see what his role looks like. Um, Cause if he's, if he's 20 minutes, 22 minutes uh, deeper leagues, I'd probably give him a look. And, and if he somehow lands a starting spot at some point throughout the season, I, I think he's an, an interesting one. Um, is he someone you're sort of watching at all? I think so. But the Pacers seem to always have a bunch of bigs with a lot of upside. Like a lot of us were high on Jalen Smith last Last year, right? Isaiah yeah. Jackson looked great the season before that until he got hurt and went down with a sprained ankle and that kind of ended his run. Miles Turner is still there. Jarris Walker is now there. Um Toppin though was fun for the Knicks. Like he, he was at least fun to watch play and he got some garbage time run that was fairly spectacular at times. 
I, I mean, he's a guy I'm going to keep on my radar, but right now, uh, July 4th, July 5th, 2023, <laughs> he's not somebody I'm planning on, on drafting. No, but this guy might be. Austin Reeves uh, signed mm. for, uh, I think, in stark contrast to the Jeremy Grant contract, uh, Austin Reeves, four years, $56 million, seems like a, a bargain for the Lakers. Um, they've already come out and said that they're pretty comfortable giving him the ball a lot more and running the offense through him. So that's that's a good thing. Um his ADP is going to be interesting because last season he obviously wasn't drafted to start the season, but ended really strongly. He was awesome through the playoffs. Uh, is he someone that you're going to target at all? You know, I might. I, I He was undrafted not only in fantasy leagues, but in real life, right? Mm-hmm. And and now he's, now he's a bazillionaire with well, – a millionaire with the Lakers and really as, has come on to be one of their, you know, he's a fan favorite. He, I think LeBron really likes him. I think AD likes him. I think his teammates like him. I think the coaching staff likes him. He's coming into his third year. I mean, I could see Reeves taking a big step this year and, you know, he kind of won my heart. I was in um, the middle of nowhere in Nevada a couple of years ago, visiting my son in the Navy and, he hit a fadeaway game, game-winning three-pointer yeah. on TNT that night, and I was like, "Man, Austin Reeves is kind of fun." So, mm. at this stage of my fantasy career, I'm looking more for guys I enjoy watching play. Like, I still yeah. want to win. I still want to build a championship team, but I also want guys on my team that I want to root for. And I, I, I mean, I think it's hard not to to root for Austin Reeves and. Uh, I could see he went from seven points to 13 last year. I could see him going from 13 to, say, 17, 18 this season. And it could be even higher if, you know, if LeBron doesn't come back or if AD's hurt all year. Yeah, I, I think so. I think uh, from – I have a feeling he's going at around pick 100 in drafts, maybe pick 90. I feel like there'll be a little bit of hype coming into the season he, and his ADP might end up sort of climbing to where it's too high at the moment. I'd love to get him around pick 80 or 90, but I reckon once the season starts or, or once we're into sort of late September, uh, October, his ADP might climb up to about 70, 65, which might not leave a lot of room for value. Um, here we go. Dylan Brooks, um, you alluded to him earlier. I'm not drafting him. Um, I think he's going to start for some reason, but he started in Memphis and he was terrible. So any reason to think that things are going to change and he'll be a draftable player? He's like Jordan Poole on steroids. Like he's just so just out of his mind, running gun. I'm going to do what I want and nobody's going to stop me. And then I'm going to talk trash the entire game and make you really mad at me uh, i mean there's so like dylan brooks is the kind of guy you don't necessarily want to play against him but then again you do but then you also don't really want him on your team either like it's another really weird signing for houston i i don't really understand it um who's coaching in houston adam do we do we who did they uh, bring uh, in Idoka. yeah Idoka. Oh yeah, I mean, Idoka. Idoka, yeah. Uh, 
He's going to have his hands full with KPJ and Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks. I mean, and, and Houston has not had easy training camps for the last five years. You know, James Harden in there just disrupting it so much. And then all the kids there with Silas and like, it's just been a mess for like five years. And I don't think this year is going to be any different. No, just another confusing piece of that puzzle. Uh, Jock Landale going to the Rockets on a um, – well, I mean, it looks like a good contract. Only one year is guaranteed, so it's it's really only a one-year. I think it's I don't know, $8 million or something it was. But um, assuming he's coming in to play the backup to Shengun, uh, do you think – he's not obviously draftable, but do you think having him there cuts into Shengun's minutes at all? I hope not. I really hope not, because like you, I mean, I've, I've been on on the Shingun bandwagon for several years, and Christian Wood got moved out of there. We're like, oh man, Shingun's going to absolutely blow up, and he sort of did, but not not quite as much as we were expecting. Um, I doubt seriously that Jock Landale, Landale is going to ruin Alperin Shingun, but it's Houston, so anything's possible. Uh, yes, that's always the, the caveat there if it's Houston. Uh, let's have a look. What did I have next? Uh, Westbrook going back to the Clippers for two years. Uh, a good deal, I think. I mean, for he's been overpaid. no money, right? Yeah, $8 million. So considering he's been overpaid the last four years, I guess, three, four years, this is actually a, a pretty good contract for the Clippers. Um, they are still looking at... Uh, at at getting Lillard or getting Harden. I think they're sort of favourite for potentially Harden, so that imp- impacts Westbrook. But if Westbrook starts, um, he was pretty good in the playoffs. I'm not drafting him, uh, but is he someone you'd consider at the end of a draft? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to depend on the makeup of my team. You know, if I've got a team that's that does certain things really well, um like shoot free throws and not turn the ball over, then I, I don't think I'm going to mess with throwing Russ into the middle of that. I mean, he's a career 78% free throw shooter, but he's been in the 60s for the last three years um, and four out of the last five. So his scoring's down. He's old. I mean, how many how many years has he been? He's been around since 08. So Westbrook's been around forever. The triple-double averaging triple double days are over he's going to have some big games he's going to be fun with some counting stats but overall the the damage he does probably outweighs the good he does yeah i think points leagues he's he's obviously worth drafting but yeah category leagues it's tough uh kenyon this is just an interesting one kenyon martin coming in from houston so getting out of that that uh mess in houston coming to the clippers I'm not sure how they're going to use him. I think there's a chance he starts. I mean, it probably depends on... uh, Well, it depends on a few things, but he could potentially start at the four um, if if they go with Westbrook, Kawhi, Paul George, uh, Kenyon Martin, and if it's a Zubats, uh, and we know, I mean, God, George and, and Leonard, they're always injured, so... I don't know. I thought Martin was decent last year for Houston, um, and so I think he 
despite coming into a team that's obviously competing rather than Houston, who weren't, I still think he could have a decent enough role to probably not be draftable, but uh, I think he'll just be one of those guys that's constantly on and off waivers. Well, and if you look at the, the guys that he's going against, Robert Covington, right? Um, three years ago, kind of a fantasy beast in the in the realm of like Sean Marion, some of those old school guys that just did a little bit of everything. The, the guy that played for the Hornets, what was his name? Terrence, uh, uh, I can't think of his name. The Hornets. Uh, anyway, one of those all-around fantasy guys to where Covington just left Philly and just kind of fell apart. And yeah. now nobody even – you can't even have him on your team for more than two weeks without pulling your hair out. And then you got Marcus Morris Sr. who is kind of on the verge of being over the hill and yeah. and on the, on the way down. And then you got Nicholas Batum who might be 40 years old for all I know. I mean, I, I just know <laughs> – He's old. He's old enough that he's not young, so that really does set up well for KJ Martin. And we've seen KJ Martin's athleticism. We've seen him do some really cool things. Um, and putting him out there with Westbrook, Leonard, and Zubac, it could be pretty fun. I think so. I actually have. I, I could see me building a hype train train around Kenny Martin uh, coming into the season. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think so. I think it's a good landing spot for him. Uh, DiVincenzo going to the Knicks, uh, presumably going to come off the bench. Um, not sure. Maybe they do start him. I don't – I mean, he's not someone I'm drafting because he sort of needs 32, 33 minutes to, to put up fantasy value. But – um, I think it's a good real-life signing for the Knicks, but I'm not sure he he moves into sort of draftable fantasy territory. I mean, if they bring Josh Hart, DiVincenzo, and Isaiah Hartenstein off the bench, that's a good bench crew for the Knicks, not to mention Emmanuel quickly. Um, that's pretty solid. And I, I think, it, like you said, it's a good move for the Knicks. I'm with you. I think DiVincenzo needs more minutes than he's going to get in New York to really uh, be a fantasy guy. But, you know, maybe maybe they get tired of waiting for Quentin Grimes, who I would not stop waiting for if I was them. But maybe they get tired of it and they just roll with DiVincenzo in December. I don't know. But uh, just a guy I'll keep an eye on. Next one, uh, Dante Exum. Certainly no fantasy uh, implications here, but this is more just because he's an Aussie and I like to see Aussies in the <laughs> NBA and he's he's been away for a few years um, playing with the Mavericks. I think he gives them a nice uh, defensive option on the wing, better than like a Frank Nilakina or whoever they were throwing in there. So I'm not, yeah, I mean, he's not going to have a big role, but I think he'll have a role. Um, any thoughts on Exum at all? Not Really, but no. I will say with Kyrie Irving and the oft injured Luka Doncic there, mm. I could see Exum being a being a hot waiver wire pickup Maybe. three different times yeah. this coming NBA season. <laughs> Maybe Miles Bridges. Uh, I mean, we we don't need to talk about the off court stuff that's been covered. Um, 
he signed with the Hornets for for one year, just for for uh, I think it was eight million or something. Um, the qualifying offer. I'm assuming he starts, but they've got a an interesting rotation as well. Um, does he start at the four? PJ Washington to the bench. PJ Washington hasn't actually even signed yet, so he's still technically a free agent, I think. So does he come back? Bridges season before last was a top probably a top 50. I know I had him. I, it was That was sort of the breakout season um, when he blew up and he was putting up top 20 value for the first couple of months of the season. He's going to miss the first 10 games as part of his suspension. So obviously that cuts in a little bit to his value. But where do you think you might target him in drafts? Yeah, That's a tough one, man, because we also don't know Hornets are going to have a new ownership situation. We don't know how the ownership is going to feel about him. Um, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent next year. I'm sure he's going somewhere else at that point. So I don't know that they're going to invest fully in bridges this mm-hmm. season. Um, like you said, it was a one year, not very much money deal. Excuse me, please. Um, Sorry, I got a kid in my I got a kid in my face. Um, kids, kids. Whoa. Uh, what do you? You can't. You can't. <laughs> can't live with them. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I was kind of on the Bridges bandwagon when when all that breakout season happened, and he threw mm. the mouthpiece and hit the kid and all that. Like, I, it, it's a really sad story. I. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know if if Miles Bridges is sitting there in round six, he's going to be hard to pass up. Mm. Yeah, I think for me that's about right too. Yeah, I think sort of 70, 80, If he's there floating around, you, you're at the point where you can start taking a bit of a flyer. And um, is, is Mark Williams? Why we're in Charlotte, real quick? Is Mark Williams a guy that you think might break out this year? Uh yeah. Look, I th- I think he. Probably. I mean, he sort of broke out towards the end of last season. Um, uh, yeah, look, I think if he's starting and playing 30 minutes, um, he's he's a little bit sort of – a little bit like a Nick Claxton. Um, he'll, he'll get blocks, he'll get rebounds, probably won't score a lot, but he's efficient. Um, if he's playing 32, 33 minutes a night, uh, I, I think you could fairly safely take him inside the top 80. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm intrigued, super intrigued by Mark mm. Williams. But uh, anyway, let, we can move on to uh, Malik Beasley. Yeah. So I've got well, I've got Eric Gordon there. We're not drafting him. I just think he was a really nice, another nice addition for the Suns. Gives them some more depth uh, scoring off the bench. And Beasley coming to the Bucks. Again, I, I don't think a big fantasy guy, but he wasn't great last year. But when he was with the the Wolves the seasons before that, I thought he was solid enough. So um, he could be someone if Giannis goes down or if um, Drew Holiday misses time, Middleton goes down with a knee injury. He's sort of one of those guys you could slot in at the two, three, it, probably not the four, but it would it would only take an injury to one of a few players and he might be able to be a, a streamable guy. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh Eric Gordon, I think, would take injuries to make him relevant in fantasy. He's 
he's past his prime, uh, but he's surprisingly still gets tons of threes up and tons of shots whenever he plays. And like you said, Beasley streamer if somebody gets hurt. Yeah. And much with the last guy here, Gabe Vincent, he was – if D'Angelo Russell hadn't re-signed, I think he was going to be a, a pretty hot fantasy target. But he'll be coming off the bench. Um, Russell's not going to play 33 minutes or anything, so Vincent maybe gets 20 a game. Again, I think if there's an injury, you pick him up, but he's not someone I'm drafting. Yeah, he was a guy that got used a lot in DFS last year, and I know especially in the playoffs and – with Kyle Lowry's situation, him being so old and, and not – he was out for personal reasons for so long. Like, Vincent had a kind of a resurgence last year, but I think uh, that's not happening this year. No. So we'll go – we'll just go quickly through a couple of rounds here from the, the draft-only league. Uh, we went through the first three rounds last week. So picking up at pick 37, um, first pick of the fourth round – Chet Holmgren went off the board, followed by Pascal Siakam, Bradley Beal, LeBron James, Evan Mobley, Drew Holiday, Walker Kessler, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, Jamal Murray, OG Ananobi, and Desmond Bain. Uh, any names there that you saw? I mean, you've got guys like Drew Holiday, Zach Levine, Vucevic, Jamal Murray. I think they all speak for themselves. But um, any names there that, that warrant a bit of discussion? I think if you can get Chet Holmgren at 37 or earlier, if you can get him at 37 in your draft, I think you're doing well. Um, I love Chet. I've got him in a dynasty league. Uh, he got off to a slow start in summer league play, but turned it around, put up good numbers, looked pretty good. I mean, he did, he did not get drafted where he got drafted uh, for show. He's, he's, he's going to be a baller. And uh, I think hopefully he comes out and challenges Victor for Rookie of the Year this year. Um, Siakam, I've heard rumors about him going to Atlanta. Um, that would be very interesting and much needed for them. I could also really see the Dallas Mavericks using him uh, yeah. in, effectively, and, and he could change the entire dynamic in Dallas if he ends up somewhere else. Uh, Bradley Beal, I'm not messing with. LeBron at 40. Sounds about right. I don't think I'm taking LeBron. Um, love Mobley. You got Walker Kessler at 43, right? I did, yeah. Yeah, so I'm... Um, love it. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. I don't think he can fall outside the top 50 as long as he's playing good minutes. I think he's his floor is safe enough that taking him here, there's not much risk. And if he was that good as a rookie, what's he going to do now that he's got a... a your confidence under his belt. Like I love Walker Kessler. Um, the other guys, uh, I like Desmond Bain at 48. That seems maybe a little low to me, like mm. a little late, uh, especially with his teammate, Ja not playing the first 25 games. So uh, that to me looks like a bit of a steal. Yeah. Look, Bain was 36 last season. So, I mean, I think, think you, we could fairly confidently say he's going to beat that, um, especially with Jar out. So, yeah, I think if you can get Bain anywhere in this round, that's probably a bargain. Um, yeah, I'm happy with Kessler there. Bradley Beal, that's way too high for me. Um, I wouldn't be taking him inside the top 50. I will not I like be drafting him. No, no, I don't think I will. Um, if he's there at 70 or something, then <laughs> maybe take him. But, yeah, um, Chet, I like Chet there. 
LeBron James, another guy that I'm not really interested in. Uh, the fifth round. Uh, so pick 49, DeMar DeRozan, Nick Claxton, Jalen Williams, Alperen Sengun, Brooke Lopez, Jordan Poole, Jalen Brown, Brandon Ingram, Jarrett Allen, Chris Middleton, Josh Giddy, Scotty Barnes. Uh, so Jordan Poole was my pick there. Uh, I got him uh, in my team at 54, and I'm okay with that. I don't think he can – I don't think he'll be a top 30 guy, so I don't think there's a ton of upside there, but I, I think he can beat this rank. Had Jalen – Williams been there, would you have taken him instead of Poole? Uh, I might have. Uh, I think I went with Poole for the scoring because I'd gone with Kessler uh, in the previous round, um, and I can't I can't remember who else I had. But I think it was more just his points upside that I went for there, points and threes. Jalen Williams, I, I think, will be a really good player, but he's a little bit more across the board. Um and, and with Chet there, I do worry that Jalen Williams is going to be overdrafted a little bit coming off last season. I think he'll still be really good, but we do have to factor in that Chet Holmgren is there this season. True. And he's also playing Summer League, and he's trying out his new haircut to see if that works. And yep. he's better than most of the players at Summer League. Like, I'm probably going to be one of those people – driving the Jalen Williams hype train. He's probably, I think by the time October gets here, he's going to be going more like 35 to 40. And yeah, like you said, so. that's probably too high considering he's got to deal with uh, Chet, not only Chet, but also SGA um, and Josh Giddy and all the rest of them. So, it's tough, but man, I love Jalen Williams. Like he sticks out to me out of that that list, um, that round way more than any other guy, except maybe Shengun. Yeah, so I'm just having a look at uh, Claxton's an interesting one for me. So he went at pick fifty. He was a he was the twenty fourth ranked player last season, and obviously he's very. Um, very specific in his skill set, so he only he only provides upside in uh, rebounds, field goal percentage, and blocks. So and turnovers if you count turnovers. But if you can get someone like him at pick fifty, I think that's really good value because he's starting. No one's going to start over him. Um, ben Simmons isn't. <laughs> We've established <laughs> that. Um, yeah, I like Claxton a lot too, and. Uh... You know, there's a reason that all the algorithms feature blocks so heavily because they're they're hard to come by. And if you get a shot blocking specialist on your team, that's a category that you you know you get one other to put with him, and you don't have to worry about that anymore. So, um, I do do like Claxton quite a bit. Plus, he's so young and he can he's athletic. He he can kind of do. He he still got room to grow in his game. I think. Yeah, look, I mean, that was my thinking. I got Vwembenyama with my first pick and Kessler with my fourth pick. I don't need another shot blocker now because with those two guys, um, I'm set. Uh, so quickly go over the next round, the, the sixth round. Franz Wagner went at 61, Rudy Gobert, DeAndre Ayton, Zion Williamson, Tyler Hero, Paolo Banquero, Tyrese Maxey, D'Angelo Russell, Terry Rozier, Daniel Gafford, Tyus Jones and Julius 
Randall. Uh, Tyrese Maxey was my pick. Um, I just think with Harden gone, likely gone, Maxey could put together a really strong season. A um, couple of interesting names there, though. Gobert Go coming off, I mean, his worst season in probably a decade last year, but he wasn't he wasn't great. Zion Williamson, who knows what's going on with him. Uh, anyway, what are your thoughts there on, on those guys and, and any other names you think? Well, it's just weird to see like DeAndre Ayton and Zion Williamson and Rudy Gobert in the same round as guys like Tyus Jones and Daniel Gafford. And mm. I, it, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Um, is DeAndre Ayton take a step backwards with even more weapons in Phoenix now? Um, I don't know. Maybe. Is Zion Williamson a bust? Is he is he never going to pan out and never be able to stay healthy? We don't know. Uh, Tyler Harrow is kind of weird. Uh, I like Hero at sixty five. That that seems very reasonable. I think Bancaro could be a steal that late. Um, I like your Maxi pick a lot, especially if Harden's gone. Two years ago, Maxi was a monster, and. You know, he's still got – he's young enough. He's still got room to, to grow and improve. So, uh, interesting round. I think Gafford and Tyus Jones are solid sleepers. Um, very interesting. I'm probably not drafting Rudy Gobert. Probably not drafting Aiton. I'm probably not messing with Zion. But, uh, no. yeah, I don't no. know. Yeah, it's it's a, a bit of a wacky round. Um, as you said, there's some those, – those sort of more experienced guys thrown in with – someone like a Gafford or a Tyus Jones who 12 months ago were not even being drafted. Um, so, yeah, it, it is an interesting point in the draft um, where you can start taking flyers, but there are also some sort of veterans available who we know can be top 30, top 40, but based on what we've seen recently, that might not be the case. Uh, so that, look, we'll wrap it up there. That's that's about an hour, um, which is which is good. You'll be getting tired. Probably time to go to bed. Um, <laughs> maybe have a snack. What? Uh, at what point are you drafting Zion this year? Or are you not touching him ever at all? Uh, I don't think I'm not touching him. Um, I don't know. I mean, his upside is so unique. that, And we've seen... We've seen what he can do. Like last season, start of the season, he was awesome. Um, my concern is that obviously the injuries are a concern, but also just the what you hear on the grapevine about his relationship with his teammates and they're a bit sick of him not sort of committing and not putting in the work, that sort of thing. That worries me a little bit. Um, I think at pick, what was he there, about pick 60, 64. So... I don't know. I think I'd I'd be okay taking him at sixty four if I was pretty happy with my first five rounds. Um, I, I think that's probably where he'll start going off the board. Is that what about you? I mean, you probably maybe you won't draft him. I don't know. No, I feel like that's I feel like that's accurate. I mean, I know I took him a couple of years ago in a in a big league, and I took him too early, and he, I I never. I never competed. I never recovered from it. So I'm sort of yeah. mad at I'm sort of mad at him. I hold grudges, fantasy grudges. Um, but yeah, I think 65. I mean, it makes sense. There's there's too much upside there to ignore, but man, I I 
The only guy I trust less than him is probably Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I don't even know if uh, in this draft, I'd have to go through the full draft board. I don't even know if Ben Simmons was drafted. Um, um, I know he was there because I kept looking at him and going, mm, maybe, maybe, <laughs> but I I just found other players that I liked a bit more. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Um, so that will do it for today. We'll be back uh, next week. Uh, we'll finish off this draft. There'll probably be a little bit of summer league stuff to talk about. I think I know the California and the Salt Lake City uh, summer league started yesterday, but the Vegas summer league probably starts in two, three days, I think. So Maybe we'll have a Wembenyama sighting to talk about. Well, I think he's rumoured to be playing Friday against the Hornets, so um, against Brandon Miller. So that I don't know how much he's going to play. He might only play 10 minutes, but it, it will certainly be something we can talk about next week um, as well as a few of the other rookies that have, that have come out. So thank you for, again, coming on so late. Um, appreciate making the effort and, and coming home early from the fireworks. Um, <laughs> and we will be back next week. Uh, you can check out all of our content uh, over at fbibasketball.com. Follow the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Love it if you could give us a thumbs up uh, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That would be fantastic. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.